But at the end of the day, what's most important is that our family members are saved and have eternal life with Christ forever in heaven. And I say this to you that don't wait until you think that you have all the right words or until you think that you have the time. Don't let the enemy torment you, that your family's been that way for so long, that things can never change. Don't. If you can get just enough faith to start the journey, if you can get just enough gumption to say, I'm tired of trying to figure this out in the flesh. I can't make any of this work. But God, give me a vision and I will fight for my family in prayer. And the way to fight is praying for your family. We live in a time where people are concerned, sometimes worried about all the things, whether it's health, whether it's finances, maybe the spiritual condition of our families. There are just heightened concerns. And I want to talk to you about a subject that's near and dear to my heart that will help you immensely deal with all the concerns and all the things that are going on today. And that's really to learn how to really fight the good fight of the faith and learn how to be diligent in praying for your family. And so in terms of praying for your family, I have quite a lot of experience in that area. And I've been on that journey for a really long time. I started that journey of praying for my family when I was just 13 years old, when I first gave my heart to Christ. And those of you who know my story, you know that when I gave my heart to Christ, my family was at the church service with me. After that church church service where I gave my heart to Christ, uh, my parents didn't want to continue going to church. However, they're very kind and loving parents and they drove me to church. And so that's really where my spiritual foundation got laid was in church. And one Sunday, my pastor, Pastor Gardner, preached a message on praying for your family. And it is a message that I took notes on, that I just about memorized, and I started this journey. I got a vision for what God could do in my family. And I want to share that with you. And I want to share with you today, you will see I brought my Charlie box with me. Uh, This did hold cologne and perfume that was really popular when I was a teenager. And somehow I saved the box. And in that box, were all of the prayers that I wrote out to God, the people that I was praying for as a teenager. And I'm really happy to share with you that over these years, over these 40-something years, God has answered these prayers and answered these prayers. And so I want to share with you how I got that vision, how I started to do it, so that if your family, and whose family doesn't need prayer, if your family stands in need of prayer, that this will be a journey that you can follow in faith and grow in your own faith and begin to see your family members come to Christ. Because at the end of the day, with all of the possessions that people look to acquire, 
the wealth, the houses, the property, and that's all fine. The degrees, all of the things that we want to see happen in our families. Our kids grow up and be well-rounded adults and get married and maybe have a family. All of those things are great. But at the end of the day, what's most important is that our family members are saved and have eternal life with Christ forever in heaven. If we do all of the other things, but we miss that, then we miss that which is most important. So I want to invite you on this journey today. And the first thing in understanding, because I know people think prayer is hard to do. People think prayer is boring. People say, well, I don't know how to pray. And you all, when we dive into this Charlie box of prayers, you're going to see that it's not the words that we say. It's not how much we can impress God. We don't have to beg God, none of that. It's that we come to him with an honest and a sincere heart. You think of that scripture out of the book of Hebrews 11 and verse six, and it says, and without faith, it is impossible to please God. And then we have to believe that he exists and then that he is a rewarder of those who diligently seek him. So if your family stands in need of prayer today, and again, whose family wouldn't? We can begin to diligently seek him and go on this journey where we get a vision for our family by faith. And then we start to, start to fight for that vision by praying for our family. I want to start with this first idea that really helped me when I needed to pray for my family, when I first recognized, that's how I should say it, when I first recognized the need to pray for my family. When I started out as a Christian, I felt like I started out in the negative, like way behind everybody else. I didn't come from a church family. I hadn't been in church. I didn't even know what in the world church was all about. I mean, sometimes I went there and I thought, you people are just really weird. However, when I came to that moment of faith in Christ, and you all, this happens to most everybody, I started looking at all the families in church. And like everybody was there together. And there I was, a 13-year-old girl by myself. I got dropped off and picked up. And I felt really isolated and I felt very different. And, you know, the enemy's not all powerful, but he is consistent. And the Bible says to us that he scans us for places of weakness. And you all, as long as we let him, he will torment us all day long. And so he tormented me with, you'll never have a family like that. All of these people are so holy and they're so good. And look, look at you. You've run away from home before. You've skipped school. You experimented with drugs. You embarrassed your family. Look at you. You'll never have what these people have. And you all, because I didn't know any better, I took that from him for a long time. Now, I continued in church. And I was still grateful for my salvation, but I just stayed in that place because I didn't have any knowledge to move forward. And remember, the Bible says that without knowledge, the people perish. So if I wouldn't have moved forward in my faith, I would have stayed in that place. Like, I'm grateful to be saved. I'm grateful to know Jesus, but I'm not going to ever do anything more than that because I am just this 13-year-old person that gets dropped off and picked up from church and all these families are together and all these parents love their children and blah. Now I realize that most of that 
is not even true. Like all the people in church are not wholeheartedly committed to Christ. All of the people in church are not perfect. What most people in church recognize is that there is a God and we want more of him and we want to mature and grow in faith. But I didn't know that at 13 years old. And one Sunday, my pastor preached this message out of Psalms 2.8, and he said, Ask of me, and I will give you the heathen for your inheritance and the uttermost ends of the earth for your possession. And when he went on to explain that this means that you can start to pray for your family, and he used the words of you can rewrite the legacy of your family by faith in prayer, I thought, ah, just what I need. That's exactly what I need to do. Up until that time, I didn't even know that I could do that. And you may be watching and you may be thinking, yeah, but my family is so dysfunctional. We have so many problems. We don't get along. This has happened. My husband's backslidden. This one did this. Y'all, whatever place you're in, all we need is Christ and just enough faith to say, I want a vision for my family and I am willing to fight for it by praying for my family. I'm going to give you some tools today that are going to help you pray for your family and take some of the fear out of it and some of the, I don't know how to approach God, I don't know what to say. One of the things that I learned in attending church, and uh, you know, to most of you who are grown up or been in church, this is not um, new information, but it was new for me as a 13-year-old, and it's simply that family is God's idea. Genesis 1:28 out of the New Living Translation says it like this. Then God blessed them. And he said, be fruitful, be fruitful and multiply. And of course, he's talking to Adam and Eve here. He says, fill the earth and govern it. Reign over the fish in the sea, the birds in the sky, and the animals that scurry along the ground. So what I want you to see is that before the fall, before any of that happened, Family was God's idea. God thought about a man and a woman, and he thought about how blessed their relationship could be, and he said to them, be fruitful and multiply, and to occupy a space of dominion, of authority, and of responsibility. And you could say, well, what in the world does that have to do with prayer? What it means is we don't come to God as beggars. We're not coming to him begging to do something with our kids who are out, seem out of control or our wife or our husband that's backslidden or this marriage that's in shambles and try to convince God to do something. He already decided a long time ago, before the church was ever established, before the fall, God decided in his infinite wisdom, the one who was, who is, and who is to come, decided that family was a blessed unit and that a man and a woman could be fruitful and multiply and enjoy living right here on planet Earth. So when you come to God, you can be confident 100% that he is all about family. He is pleased and he is honored when we come to him. And when we say, God, I want to submit myself to you in praying for my family. And I know then some people will say, well, 
you know, I don't know how to pray. I don't know what to say. I'm afraid to pray. I don't want to pray out loud. What's mainly important is that we pray. Now, there are some things we need to know, like what we pray needs to line up with the authority of Scripture. We don't pray anything that God's already said no to. So like if you get mad at somebody and you're considering like to beat them up or to harm them physically in some way, you don't pray and ask God for the strength to do that because that's against Scripture. And that's it's a ridiculous example, but some people don't know that. It's okay to pray our hearts to God. You don't have to have all the right words, pure heart. We pray in line with Scripture. And I want to share with you just some of the ways and some of the notes that I wrote out to God on these prayer notes. And these notes that I'll share with you, these pieces of paper, the best that I can figure, I started writing them at age 13, and it looks like the last reference that I can find was age 17. And I know that only God's providence allowed me to save these through all of the moves that I've done and all of that, but to look back in faith and to be able to share with you today that you can fight for your family. You can start praying for your family and see things change. I have references here uh, to please bless my mom and dad's marriage, to help them get along better. I've got a reference here, please let my family be in church. Some of you know that I have a brother with special needs and his nickname uh, when I was growing up in the house with my parents, it was Scooter because he used to like to scoot around all the time. And I asked God to heal Scooter from the physical ailments that he was struggling with. He had a lot of upper respiratory infections and he had a heart murmur. And you all, God healed him of the heart murmur. And he was hospitalized many times for upper respiratory infections. And after I gave my heart to Christ that night and he was prayed over in a healing service, he was never hospitalized again for an upper respiratory infection. And I'm grateful because that caused our family a lot of stress, a lot of angst, a lot of concern to have a sick child. None of these prayers are flowery. They're written. It almost looks in some cases like maybe I thought there was a paper shortage because I wrote on the front of the paper, the back of the paper. I write up the sides of the paper. I pray for my church. I pray for the pastor. Um, I, I, I say it like this, better marriage for my mom and dad. That's from a young girl whose parents were arguing all the time. And I say this to you that don't wait until you think that you have all the right words or until you think that you have the time. Don't let the enemy torment you that your family's been that way for so long that things can never change. Don't. None of that is true. None of that is biblical. None of that is scriptural. Look with me here. We're going to go to Ephesians 2.10. I want you to understand that not only is family God's idea, God's plan for your family is good. And this is important. It's important for everybody. But especially if you've not known the Lord for long or you're in a backslidden place and you feel like you've gone too far and you are beyond hope and, you know, this person is addicted to drugs or this person has this problem and, like, it's too late. No, 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 no. Look with me here at Ephesians 2.10. 
And it says here, for we are God's masterpiece. He created us anew in Christ Jesus. So we can do the good things he planned for us long ago. And I read that to you to understand when the Bible says without a vision, the people will perish. It means basically if you don't know God's word, if you don't know what he's got planned, you can really get steeped in what you think is truth. You can get steeped in what you see. You can get steeped in, I have a dysfunctional family. You can get steeped in, well, that's what my grandfather did and that's what his great grandfather did. And so that's what everybody does and that this will never change. We've been in this cycle forever and we just argue and this is what it looks like. And we hear people say all the time, well, you know, that's just how she is. Well, that might be how she is and that might be the current state of your family. But if you can get just enough faith to start the journey, if you can get just enough gumption to say, I'm tired of trying to figure this out in the flesh. I can't make any of this work. But God, give me a vision and I will fight for my family in prayer. And the way to fight is praying for your family. I prayed for my parents for 25 years before they came to Christ. Did I get discouraged along the way? Absolutely. Did I ever feel like giving up? You bet. Did I ever cry and feel like, well, why, am, why is God answering everybody else's prayers and not mine? Oh, of course I felt that way. I remember one time I had to bite my tongue because I met someone and they started going to church and their husband got saved like the next week and then their parents got saved. And I thought, okay, God, hello. Do you remember me? I'm Monica. I've been praying all these years over here. What about me? You all, we all have those kinds of thoughts on occasions. Those moments of being tempted, of being tried, of the enemy coming to it as at our weakness, they happen for all of us if we're honest. And the only way to deal with that is through the Word of God. The only way to deal with that is to stand on Scripture and to fight in the Spirit. None of us have enough strength on our own to fight this kind of a battle. When you look at your family... Whatever we think about them, whatever problems that we bring to the table, every single person in our families is deeply loved and highly treasured by God. Enough so that he sent his son to walk as a mere man, to be rejected, insulted, persecuted, and he took it all, not because he was weak, not because he didn't have any other things to do, not because he didn't have any place else to go. I mean, he had a home in heaven with our father. But he did it. His mission, always from the beginning, was to seek and save the lost. So when we get this vision for our family and we decide, I'm going to fight in the spirit for my family. I am going to pray for my family. One of the best ways you can serve and love your family is praying for your family. Some things just don't change unless we pray. 
And the people in our lives and in our families, they're not just problems to be fixed. They're not just things that we just have to deal with. They are precious souls before the Lord. And if we can begin to align with the mission of Christ, which is to seek and save the lost, God is all over those prayers, even if it takes a really long time. Some of these prayers on this paper, some of them are still in process. Others of them have already been answered. But when I look at these prayers, I see nothing but treasure. This box is old as it is, and this paper, all crumbly, yellowing, whatever. Of all my possessions, this is the most precious. I'm not talking about the people in my life, I'm saying possessions. If I needed to get something, one thing out of my house, again, not talking about people, but things, I would run and I would get this because this is where I started to understand the heart of God. And this is where God began to give me this vision for my family and this desire that at some point in time, we would all serve Christ together. So I want you to understand that family is God's idea and that God's plan for all families is good. And then to understand that your prayers, yes, your prayers are powerful. I want us to look at this scripture here in Revelation 5 and verse 8, and I'll read out of the New Living Translation. And it says there, And when he took the scroll, the four living beings and the 24 elders fell down before the Lamb. Each one had a harp, and they held gold bowls filled with incense, which are the prayers of God's people. Now, at first, you know, sometimes people find the book of Revelation a little hard to understand. And it's not usually a book that I recommend people delve into first if they just gave their heart to Christ. But it is a book that promises, if you read it out loud, that there's a blessing for doing that. But that scripture that I read you is talking about the prayers of God's people are literally held in a bowl and they rise up before the Lord. Your voice matters to God. These words on a piece of paper are not important because of me. They're important because of the faith that I had to write them down and to lift this before the Lord and to keep lifting it before the Lord when everything looked dark and difficult. And listen, on some days in my life, things are still dark and still look difficult. I still have some prodigals in my family that I pray for. Um, So it's not like I'm not telling you this because like I have it all together. I'm telling you this because I've been on and I'm still on this journey. And I don't want the excuses that can torment us. Like, well, I don't know how to pray. And it's just been this way for a long time. And, you know, I prayed for 10 years and it didn't happen. Your prayers are powerful. Every prayer you've ever prayed in faith, every prayer I've ever prayed in faith is being held literally in a bowl in in heaven and it is rising up as aroma before the Lord. Your prayers are powerful. Use your voice to cry out to God and begin like never before praying for your family. I want to share this with you. In one sermon, 
I think that I was about 14 when this happened. Pastor Gardner did a message on prayer, and he said, you know, you should pray big. And I thought, pray big? Hmm. Hmm. You know, I had invited my parents to church so many times, and I did so many times over the years, and I just knew that one day they were going to say yes to my invitation, and that's not how they came to Christ at all. That was just what was in my teenage head. And I remember having one conversation with my dad where he just let me know, I'm not coming to church, blah, blah, blah. Don't talk to me about it anymore. And, uh, you know, clearly I was despondent over that. But when I heard Pastor Gardner say, pray big, I thought, well, all right. So I got out my prayer box, which I didn't call it a prayer box then. I didn't know that. I got out my paper and I wrote out that I wanted my dad to get saved And I wanted him to get so on fire for the Lord that he would join the praise team. So little history there. My dad loves music. And when he graduated from high school, he was offered a full music scholarship to college. And he turned that down and instead went to the army. But I knew that he liked music. So I thought, that's my big prayer. I'm going to pray that my dad joins the praise team. So seemingly, like that didn't happen. 25 years goes by before he gets saved. And you all. Two weeks ago, my mom calls me and she said, your dad has decided to join the orchestra at church and play the trumpet. And I'm like, what? I'm like, mom, I started praying for that when I was 14. And she said, what? I'm like, yeah, I asked that he would join the praise team. Now, for those of you who are really technical, you're going to be like, well, an orchestra is not the praise team. (laughs) And you're right. The orchestra is not the praise team. But let me say this. I didn't even know that churches had orchestras when I was 14. I didn't know there was a possibility. All I knew was that my small church had a praise team. And basically, right, the heart of the prayer was that my dad would use his musical ability and talents to glorify the Lord, that he would get so on fire that that's what he would want to do. Okay, so all these years, right? Don't even know how many years that is. At 81 years old, he joins the orchestra at church. I tell you that because your prayers are powerful. Do not let the devil tell you that your life will never change and that your prayers don't count because every single prayer that you pray in faith counts. It doesn't have to be long. It doesn't have to be flowery. You don't have to be a theologian. You don't have to be a pastor. This is teenage scribble. To anybody else, this is just ridiculous teenage scribble. But God saw my heart. God answered, and he's still answering. You always troubled as these times are. As bad as all of it is. People are like, well, we must be in the last days. Well, if we're in the last days, get to praying. (laughs) Get to praying with all your heart. One of the best ways that you can show your love for your family, it's not buying them things. I think quality time is definitely needed. But above and beyond that, it's praying for your family. So let me say this to you today. Let me give you this challenge. Don't let another day go by without praying for your family. We're out of time. We say goodbye. And God bless you. 
If you're looking for ways to grow your faith, we invite you to go to monicaschmelzer.com where you can watch Bridges' interviews and Monica's teachings on demand. You'll also find free online extras that offer practical ways to live out your faith. Visit monicaschmelzer.com where you'll find hope because truth changes everything. Join the Bridges community on Facebook. Visit Facebook and search for Bridges with Monica. We would love to connect with you. If you're hearing this right now, you're probably like, who the heck is this and why are they playing during my favorite podcast? And I get it. I don't want to take up too much of your time, but I do want to introduce myself. My name is Trevor Tyson, and I'm the host of Trevor Talks, where we talk to real people about real topics and real stories. I just want to invite you, if you love podcasts, if you love music, if you love books and love hearing from the people who create it, come check us out at Trevor Talks. Simply go to Google or Life Audio, type in Trevor Talks, and it'll pop on up. Hope you have a great day.